Do you want to write fiction but don't know where to start? Believe me, I understand. I've stood in your shoes. I've wanted to write amazing stories and wondered if I was even on the right track. I worried and struggled for years. I know what it feels like to have no idea what you're doing. Like everything you write is cheesy and amateurish and you'll never be good enough to sit on the shelves next to the great authors of your time or the classics. But I want you to know there's an answer for you. A way to know that the stories you're writing will resonate with readers. A way to transform from wherever you are now in your writing journey to someone who's universally hailed as talented and a skilled storyteller. Welcome to The Story Savant, the podcast with free writing advice for the aspiring storyteller. I'm going to give you every tool I know to help you become a master storyteller. Every week, I'll bring you tips on story structure, characterization, themes, heroes, villains, and more to automatically make your story resonate with your audience. Stay tuned. We're going to learn to tell amazing stories, and we're going to have a ton of fun doing it. Let's do this. Hi there, and welcome to the Story Savant Podcast. I apologize for being kind of absent last week. I sort of skipped a week because I went to a writer's conference last weekend. Now, usually I do a lot of my batch work on the weekend, and because I was gone last weekend at the conference, and then the weekend before was my birthday, so the last few weekends I just haven't gotten much work done. So this whole week I was kind of playing catch-up. But I'm back now, and I'm glad to be back. The writer's conference was fabulous. It's a conference called LTUE, which stands for life, the universe, and everything. It's a symposium that's held down at BYU, which is just about an hour south of where I live. So I was excited to be able to go to that. I got to be on a couple of fun panels. One of them was about dragons. I got to be on that panel with Brandon Sanderson, which was super fun. It'll be on his YouTube channel eventually. I don't actually have a copy of it right now. And of course, that was very fitting since I'm writing a book called Dragon Magic. I also got to be on one with Michael Brent Collins about the zombie apocalypse, which is always fun for me since I'm such a huge Walking Dead junkie. But yeah, overall, it was really fun. I got to uh, work with some really great authors. There's just something about rubbing shoulders with people who have the same passions as you do. It creates an energy that really invigorates you to get back to your creative work. So I had a really good time there. But now back to the salt mines. Just kidding. I love what I do. Back to writing and uh, recording podcasts and doing all these fun things. In terms of a personal update, I am still working on Intercron, making good progress there. And I'm about to put out the final book in Street Games, which is called Vacant Passage. It will be out the first week in March. Actually, it might be the second week, like the 10th. I'll have to double check that. So yeah, I'm excited to get the final installment of that series out. Beta readers have it right now, and I'm getting really good feedback from them. All right, so after going to the conference, I think the format of my podcast is going to change just a tad, not not a lot. But I've said before, this podcast is for both curious readers and aspiring writers. So moving forward, I'm mostly going to address aspiring writers because it's easier to teach the storytelling tips I have when I frame it in that way. It's just an easier format. But that doesn't mean that if you're not a writer, this stuff doesn't apply to you. Learning these concepts about story can help us communicate with each other. They can help us teach our children, talk to and relate to people. Stories inform every part of our lives. So learning to speak about stories with you know, some degree of authority can only enrich your life. And I'm going to say something controversial here. I think I might have alluded to this in an earlier episode, but I don't think I ever came back around to it, so I apologize for that. Here's the thing. If you're someone who I have talked about before in terms of the audience who would like the things I talk about on this podcast, if you're someone who loves to analyze stories or sits and thinks about them for a long time afterward, here's the thing. You may not be a writer right now, 
but you should be writing stories. People who sit around thinking about them like that, your mind is built to tell stories. So don't dismiss that idea. Stick with me and develop your craft for telling stories, whether it be writing or just telling them out loud or discussing them in some way. One of my favorite parts of the conference was they always have a big banquet on Saturday night, which is the last night of the conference. And Michael Brent Collins, if you don't know who he is, he's a horror writer. He's fantastic. Go look him up. He was the Toastmaster, and I really enjoyed his speech. He talked about how storytellers are the most powerful people in the world. Most people don't think that. That's not what they would jump to. They would say politicians or, you know, someone with a lot of money, the most powerful person in the world. But really, it's storytellers because we can shape people's minds. We can influence them for good and entertain them in a way that changes the way they think and often changes the way they feel. So, storytellers are the most powerful people in the world. Keep that in mind. So, today I'm going to define some terms for you. This will be a short episode. The other thing is, I I said I was probably going to change the format a little bit. I'm going to try to do two episodes episodes a week, but they're going to be short episodes. I'm going to keep them probably between 15 and 30 minutes long, and I will talk about a storytelling technique. I'm sure there will be episodes that will end up running longer than that, but I'm going to try to keep them short so that they don't take up too much of your time, but so that you can get uh, some good storytelling tips and then go and apply them without having to listen to me drone on for too long. I've had people asking me about basically industry lingo when it comes to self-publishing and sort of the writing world of today, so I was just going to talk about those things briefly. It will also help you to understand what I'm talking about in the future on the podcast. So, for those of you who don't know or who are unfamiliar with this, we basically talk about two different kinds of publishing in today's world. There's traditional publishing, often known as trad publishing, and then there's indie or self-publishing. So let's go over what those are really quickly for you aspiring writers who may not be familiar with that. Traditional publishing means going through an established publishing company that handles and pays for production of your book. So they'll pay for editing, layout, cover art, and sometimes other things like listings or basic promotion through their company website, possibly a web page. These publishing companies have packages and so they offer different things just based on the company and what they offer. But it's also important to know that they don't pay for ads or book promotion in general. The author is always required to sell their own book. So if you want to do Facebook ads or AMS ads, you have to pay for those out of pocket, even if you go through a traditional publisher. You know, back in the day before the rise of the internet and Amazon and the digital age, it was a big deal to get in with one of these publishers. It was basically the only way you could be truly published back then. And they were a great boon to your book. If you got in with one of them, you'd basically made it as an author. However, since the digital revolution, more often than not, getting in with a trad publisher doesn't ensure sales. You still have to be the primary salesperson for your book. And with a trad publisher, there's pros and cons. The cons are that they are the middleman and have to be paid for their services. So you get fewer royalties as the author. However, they do have an established company and often an established readership, which can help to get your name out there and get your book out there to readers who are looking for it. All right, so what's the difference between that and indie or self-publishing? Today, most people prefer the term indie publishing. Self-publishing kind of has more negative connotations to it, but they do mean the same thing. Basically, this means that you handle every part of your book production yourself. So you're the author of the story, obviously, but you also are responsible for the editing, the layout, the cover art, the website, the listings, and of course, all marketing and promotion. Now, understand that doesn't mean that you have to do all of these things yourself. You don't have to edit yourself. Most authors need different eyes on their work because there's just no way for us to catch all of our own mistakes. But the point is that you have to pay someone else to do this. If you get in with a traditional publisher, the publisher pays for the editing and the cover art and all of that. As an indie author, you have to pay for it out of pocket. So it does cost more money. But of course, 
The upside is that all the royalties are yours. You don't have to pay a middleman. You just pay outright for the services and then everything the book makes after that is yours. So that's basically the difference between indie and traditional publishing. Again, with the rise of the internet and the rise of indie publishing in general, a lot more people are going the indie route now because in the end it ends up being more lucrative for them than to get in with the traditional publishers. That said, you also got to understand that indie and traditional publishers actually do have different audiences. So it's not a bad idea to do either one. You just have to decide what works for you. If you are an aspiring author, the biggest thing that I would advise is not to sign any contracts without having a lawyer go over them. There are relatively inexpensive legal services you can get to look over a contract, but don't sign your rights away without knowing what it is that you're signing. Um, okay, so there's only one other term that I'm actually going to define for you today, and that is the term of strong character. I talked about this a little bit in an earlier episode and promised that I would come back to it. So there's a, an especially big trend today of having strong female characters in stories, and that's a good thing. I don't in any way disagree with the idea of needing a strong female protagonist. However, I am often bothered by the fact that most people don't define the term strong correctly when it comes to storytelling, because there is a little bit of a different definition than what the definition of strong would be if you're just using it in everyday speech. So strong can mean physically strong, but even when it comes to someone being emotionally strong or having a strong character, most people define that as outgoing, extroverted, sometimes overbearing. We kind of equate a strong character with having a very dominant or outgoing personality. And again, that's not necessarily a bad definition, but that is not what we mean when we talk about strong characters in fiction. In the case of storytelling, strong simply means that whatever personality traits a character has, they have to be very well established. This character's traits have to jump off the page. So even if a character is shy, or quiet, or introverted, or physically weak, as long as it's very, very clear to the reader what those character traits are, you have a quote-unquote strong character. So it's more like the character's traits have to come through strongly to the reader or to the audience. Now the reason I bring this up is because there's sort of a misconception that if you don't have a really either physically strong or really outgoing character, especially female character, then you have a weak story. And that's simply not true. Some of the best stories have very introverted characters in them. So let's go over a couple of examples here. Maybe one of the best classical examples of this is Jane Eyre. She's very quiet. She sees herself as very plain. She's very intelligent, but she's just not very outgoing. And uh, one of my favorite parts of the book is where she really owns this. She really kind of gets in her love interest's face, right? <laughs> and, you know, says, you know, just because I am quiet, little, plain, unassuming doesn't mean I don't have emotions. And that's like, a really powerful moment for her. She knew exactly who she was. She wasn't ashamed of it, and she owned it. Okay, you guys know I'm a Walking Dead geek, so let's talk about the character of Daryl Dixon. He's one of the most popular characters on the show. He's carrying the show these days, and especially early on, he was not what most people would consider, again, by the traditional definition, a strong character, because he was not what you would call a leader. He was not a very positive guy. He was kind of the opposite. He was very combative. He got in people's faces. He was antisocial. He was kind of awkward. But that was okay, because those traits really jumped off the screen. We knew exactly who he was, and people were drawn to that specifically because he was so strong in his personality, even if it wasn't the most easygoing, go-with-the-flow kind of personality. I think another really good example of this is Tyrion from Game of Thrones. He has every strike against him that you could possibly imagine. He's got physical ailments, and he's not your, you know, conventional hero 
character, White Knight with a sword, but he tends to be everyone's favorite character. And there's different reasons for that. In fact, when I was at the conference, I got to be on a Game of Thrones panel, which was just basically us authors geeking out about Game of Thrones. So that was super fun. And I think there's various reasons for why Tyrion is is often a fan favorite. But the point is, he was very well established in who he was and who he wasn't. So even though he wasn't, again, your conventional hero character, the fans love him because his character traits come through very strongly. Let's just briefly address why we need strong characters. No matter what their character traits are, why is it important that those characters be very well-defined for the audience? Well, just like in life, someone who's confident in who they are, no matter what that is, draws other people in. It draws other people to them. We sense confidence in a person, and that confidence is a kind of strength. Now, plenty of villains can be confident, And that doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with them, but we understand them a lot better. We can identify with them um, strongly enough to make a decision about whether we agree with them or not. If they're really, really wishy-washy and all over the place and not well-defined, then we don't really care about them very much. So that's why it's important to understand what it means to have a a strong character. That's why it's important that we make sure our stories have very strong, well-defined characters in them. Okay, I'm going to call it a day for today. You guys, let me know what you would like me to talk about. I have plenty of things to talk about on this podcast, plenty of writing tips, plenty of storycraft tips, but if there's something specifically you want me to address, then leave me a comment either here or on the blog, which I will link to in the show notes, and let me know. I want to be able to help you guys with whatever you need help with and make sure that your stories are just all kinds of awesome. See you next time. If you would like to support the show as a patron, hop over to www.patreon.com forward slash story savant. If you're big on Facebook, join our Facebook community at bit.ly forward slash story savant Facebook to get a free PDF of my nine essential plot points for a page turning story. Sign up at bit.ly forward slash story savant courses. All these links are in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. You can find all my fiction on my website at authorlkhill.com forward slash books. If you found value in anything you heard today, do me a favor and go leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best and easiest way that you can thank me and help others to find and be inspired by the same concepts. Together, we can lift each other through our stories to new heights of understanding and compassion for our fellow man and gain an eternal godlike perspective on our own spirituality. So go consume some stories today. I give you permission.